Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Uh, First of all, I want to say thanks for being here. Thanks for being here in the auditorium. If you're joining us online, we're glad you're here also. Uh, And also I want to say thank you, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, for the opportunity to share the word today. Uh, But you know what, guys? I want to stop for just a second. And I thought about this all week. I want to stop for just a second and say thank you to you. I so appreciate as all the guys that have had to stand on this platform over the past few months, how wonderfully receptive you have been to us. Uh, I have so missed, just like you, the voice of our lead pastor. And I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait till he gets back on this platform. Yeah, yes, that's, that's right. And I just can't wait for it. I look forward to him being up here exhorting our house, leading our house, ministering to our house, and teaching our house. I just can't wait for that. In the meantime, in the meantime, we've been up here uh, uh, and trying to do what we can to serve God, serve him, and serve you. And you have been so kind to us in receiving us as we have had to step in and do that. You know, I, I told you, I think it was, I don't remember, a couple of weeks ago or either last week, you know, us, uh, us preachers, we have our amen verses. We got our amen verses, where if it's a quiet house, we know if we say one of these verses, we're going to get an amen, baby. Because you know, what, you know what they say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Oh, yeah, because God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Because I can do all things through Christ who keeps on putting power in me. For it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm gonna get an amen. I'm gonna get an amen. Here's the beautiful thing. In this house, we don't need amen verses. Come on, somebody. Because you are with us, receiving us, loving us. And I just have to say, on behalf of Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne and the other pastors, thank you for receiving us the way you have. It so means so much to us, and we just love you for it. Okay, here we go. Let's get in the Word. Gonna kinda wrap up a three-part series that I've been doing over the past two or three weeks. Three words, three little simple words that will change your life. Words that are used in our vocabulary every day. They're simple words that we speak all the time, but when we understand the spiritual implication that stands behind them and use them properly, they have the ability literally to change our life. Two weeks ago, we looked at that simple little word, yes. And one of the things I shared with you guys is this. Many times before I can say yes to God, I need to hear a yes from God. And the reason for that is not because we're bad people, but because We allow the enemy to whisper in our ear that unworthiness that uh, he uses through the spirit of condemnation, and we feel like we just don't line up and can be used in God's kingdom. So a lot of times before we say yes to God, we need to hear a yes from God. Uh, Last week, we looked at the word no. And as I told you, I'm not a negative person. I'm a positive person. I don't like the whole connotation that comes behind that. No, 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 no. Just is not me. So one of the things that we taught and talked about was learning how to say yes 
to saying no. Say yes to saying no. And the way I do that is when I put my energy and when I put my time into saying yes to God, God, you're the most important thing to me. I want your presence. I want your power. I want your purpose in my life. Then what that does, guys, is that prioritizes my values and I'm saying yes to God first. So as a result of that, I don't have to spend a lot of time shouting no at the devil. I don't have, now I see there's a place for that. Don't misunderstand me. But I have said, God, you are number one in my life. And so I'm saying yes to you. Therefore, not having to worry about saying no to the enemy quite so much. Daniel chapter one, verse eight. Daniel resolved to not defile himself. There was a yes in Daniel that he was going to say yes to God. And as a result of that, not have to worry about the king's delicacies. It was going to allow him to really focus on the goodness of God and that temptation, that, that uh, turmoil that could come in with all that stuff that they could throw at him was really not a big deal. Now, four areas I said you got to say yes to. Number one, say no to staying in the same place, settling in, being kind of just stuck in your tracks by saying yes to your spiritual growth. Say no to apathy. How many of you are like Pastor Ron? You just don't like that apathetic, I don't care, doesn't affect me, doesn't bother me, not in my world. How many of you are like me and you just can't stand that attitude? I just, it drives me nuts because it's really not kingdom because everything about the kingdom of God says, get up and do something. Come on, somebody. Get up and care. Get up and work in his vineyard, not be apathetic and say, well, it doesn't really affect me. So I say no to apathy by saying yes to compassion, concern, and the effectual power of God's love. Say no to distractions. Now, come on now. How many of you will agree we got some distractions in the world today? Oh, well, two of you are distracted. The rest of you are fine. I'm going to start hanging out with you. Huh? We have got everywhere you turn around. There's something trying to distract us. And what that distraction does, ultimately, if we focus on it, we get overwhelmed. We just literally get overwhelmed. So say no to distractions by saying yes to being focused. Laser in. I'm not worried about what somebody else is supposed to do. That's their calling on their life. I'm going to be single-minded. Therefore, if your eye be single, then your whole body is full of light. Come on now. I'm going to be single focused on what God has called me to do, not what somebody else is called to do, and be focused in my calling. And then number four, say no to complacency by saying yes to passion. Passion is the greatest motivator for self-discipline. If I'm just passionate, I don't have to make myself self-discipline. It just happens. It happens because I'm passionate about what God is calling me to do. So say no to being stuck, lazy, lethargic by saying yes to passion. And you know what, guys? If the zeal of God has consumed me, not the zeal of man, the zeal of God has consumed me, I'm probably not going to burn out. Come on now. I'm probably not going to burn out. do, Do I need a spiritual renewal sometimes? Sure. Sure, but I'm probably not going to burn out. Now, today, let's talk about now. Yes, no, and now. Everybody say it out loud. Now. Come on, say it like you mean it. Now. 
Say it one more time. I grew up with Senior Master Sergeant Sherman A. And he had a mantra in his life that is still the voice in my head. I don't always do it, but it's the voice in my head. Here's what he always said, do it right, do it now. Do it right, do it now. Now, have I always done that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I gotta be honest with you, sometimes I, did it on, I didn't do it on purpose because he said it. And I, you know, I had to get saved and get out of my spirit of rebellion. Come on now. But he said, do it right and do it now. And so we wanna talk about the power of doing it right, yes, but doing it in the now. James chapter four, let's read it together. Here we go. Now listen, you say today or tomorrow, will we go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money? Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, how many of you will agree with Pastor Ron? James just really built up our confidence right there. I mean, he jerked that arrogant rug right up from under our feet. For those of us that thought we were the big dog on the block, that I've got this, I'm gonna conquer the world, nobody's gonna stop me, I am bull halsey, full steam ahead, I'm the master of my ship, I'm the captain of my fate. James just said, no, you're not, you're a mist, baby. You're just a little vapor here today, gone tomorrow. Mm. But even in being in that state where we realize that's who we are, when we submit it to God, he's gonna do great things in you. Come on now. Out of those little small beginnings, he's gonna build great things in you. Come on and say, thank you, Jesus. Here we go. So he kind of jerks the rug out from under us. Instead, here's what we ought to say. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Look at how James addresses this. Come on, pay attention to this. Here's what he says. When I live with the attitude that, no, I'm not gonna do it today, I'll do it tomorrow. He calls it an arrogant scheme because here's what he's saying. I'm not gonna do it today, I'll do it tomorrow. Here's what we potentially could be saying. God's not in control of my life, I'm in control of my life. So I won't do it today, I'll do it tomorrow. He even goes as far as using a really, really strong word and says, it's evil. Because here's what I say, no, I'm not gonna do it today, I'll do it tomorrow because I make that call. Guess what guys, we don't make that call. I serve a God that is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and in charge of today. And if we get tomorrow, it's a gift, come on. If we get tomorrow, it's a gift. And that's how we ought to receive it. Martin Luther said this. He said, there are two days on my calendar, this day and that day. <laughs> this day that we've got and that day if God chooses to give it to me. This day and that day. Now, tomorrow, great idea, but guys, tomorrow can be, listen to Pastor Ron now, can be a very dangerous word. Now think about that with me for just a second. What do you mean by that, Pastor Ron? Well, when I put myself in the position of saying this, I'll just do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, that gets real dangerous in my life because I'm ignoring today. I'm ignoring what God's called me to be effective in today. Now, I understand, 
that there is a side of tomorrow that's connected to vision that makes a lot of sense. Because vision happens somewhere off in the future, down the road. But listen, guys, if I'm going to see vision fulfilled in my life, it's going to happen because I'm busy about fulfilling that vision by my activity today. Vision is going to happen down the road because I'm fulfilling God's purposes today. Vision without action is hallucination. So I've got to find myself understanding the power of vision that's down the road, but pursuing that vision by my activity today. So tomorrow can be a very dangerous word. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1 says, don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what it's going to bring. The other verse is Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. It says, so don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Why? God's got the day. Come on, somebody. God's got the day. And if we're going to have tomorrow, it will take care of itself. But here's my favorite one in all of this, Psalm 119, 24. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I think all of us want to be effective in today. It's not like we've set out to just ignore it. We want to do that. But sometimes we find ourselves really having the plan to be effective today. We have great intentions. Irma Bombeck says, good intentions like crying babies should be carried out immediately. (laughs) So we have great intentions, but we don't carry them out. Why is it? There are enemies of today. There are enemies that kind of push me back in my moment of today. Number one, indecision. Indecision, James chapter one, verse eight, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, I shared with you, I'm not a real big fan of the whole concept of indecision, and here's why. I don't know if it's accurate because either I decide, I told you this two weeks ago, either I decide or I decide not to decide. Either way, a decision has been made. And when I allow myself to decide not to decide, James says that is an that is sorry, a double-minded man that's unstable in all of his ways. Number two, perfectionism. How many of you are like Pastor Ron? You just want to skip right over this one. (laughs) Come on, be real with me. Be real with me. We just kind of want to let this one go. But you know what, guys? We live in a fallen world. Come on and say yeah. We live in an abrupt world. The the perfect scenario of everything lining up perfectly is just not going to happen. Come on, guys. We live in Florida. We got up this morning with beautiful skies and the sun shining and everything looking great. How many of you know before we get home, a storm cloud could roll in? If you don't like the weather right now, wait a few minutes. It's just crazy how things like that can change. And the same thing happens in my spiritual life. I get up in my spiritual life and the spiritual sun is shining, the spiritual birds are singing, the everything is just looking great, and then all of a sudden, the storm clouds of life roll in because life can change on a dime. That's right. It can change on a dime. So I have to deal with perfectionism. It says this, if you wait for perfect conditions, you're never gonna get anything done. And then number three, fear. Proverbs chapter 29, 
and 25 says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. I closed last week with this statement right here. The fear of God and the fear of man cannot coexist. Not going to go together. And then number four, choosing comfort over growth. Now, come on. We like our comfort zone, and everybody said, yeah. yeah. We really do, don't we? Feels pretty good there. That comfort zone where we're not getting pushed around, knocked around, stretched, and all the things that come with that. But Pastor Ed did a phenomenal job Wednesday night at Family Night. Yes, he did. Yeah, go ahead. Give it up for him. Did a great job. And he said something that probably was sort of something we've heard before, but when he said it, it just really hit me right here. He said, nothing grows on the mountaintop. Now think about that. Think about the picture. What's on the mountaintop? Snow and ice. Now it's a nice, beautiful place, but nothing grows there. It grows down in the valley. And no, we don't always like being in the valley because though we walk through the valley of those shadows, it gets kind of challenging, but something called life grows there. Look at uh, Psalm, I'm sorry, yes, yeah, Psalm 13, verse 4. The sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Always satisfied. Now, you're grown, you're an adult, you're smart, you're diligent, you're great people. You can wait until tomorrow if you want to. You can, but it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Pastor Ron, what's it going to cost me? Here we go. It will fill your life with regret. I really believe, guys, now listen to me closely because I want you to get this, that the word regret is probably one of, if not the most powerful words in the dictionary. If I only would have, why didn't I? I could have, I should have. And it brings with that all those connotations of struggling emotions. Listen, if I live by truth, I have the ability to wipe most of my regrets out. Because if I'm living by truth, I'm making wise decisions. But the problem is most of us aren't on a truth quest, we're on a confirmation quest. Confirm in me that what I'm doing is okay. Please tell me that what I'm doing is all right. Please just let me know that what I'm doing is going to work out. That's not a truth quest, guys. That's a feel-good quest. Come on, somebody. That's right. Tell me what I'm doing is all right. You know what? I don't need that in my life. What I need in my life is somebody saying, get your act together, Pastor Ronnie. You're going to blow it. I need that person in my life. Work it out. Son, because if you don't, you're on a path of destruction. Do what it is right. That is a truth quest. Number two, it'll rob you of relationships. God, listen guys, God is putting somebody in your life right now that's going to bless and benefit your life. They may not do it today. They may bless and benefit you down the road, but God is putting somebody in your life. I have taught this principle here for 20 years the principle of corporate destiny. You've got a destiny. You're going somewhere. Individually, you have a destiny. Individually, you've got a place God wants to take you. You're not going to get there by yourself. That's right. 
God's going to put somebody in your life. And you know what? Sometimes they are the most logical person in the world. It just makes sense. Man, they just got everything going for them, and they're such a blessing and encouragement to you. And then sometimes God puts a spiritual Brillo pad in your life. (laughs) And they just rub you wrong, and we want to get rid of them. Guess what, guys? God is putting them there for a reason. And that's to help you achieve your destiny. Follow Jesus for yourself, but don't follow Jesus by yourself. Number three, it'll steal your time. It'll steal your time. Prioritizing my time determines capacity. Here's what I mean by that. When I prioritize my time and I don't wait till tomorrow and I do it in the now, that actually enlarges my time barrier. When I'm always putting it off until tomorrow, Sooner or later, I run out of tomorrows. I run out of time. But when I allow myself to do it in the now, I prioritize my time. Number four, and I'm almost at the transition here. It will destroy opportunities to serve. That's a big one. That's huge. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm going to do? Next year, I'm going to go back there and help Pastor Ed in jam. No, I'm not. In August, man, I'm going to go through growth track in August, and I'm going to be one of those good-looking ushers back there. Give up for our ushers that take care of you every week. In August, I'm going to go through growth track, and I'm going to be one of those ushers. Nah, we're not. Man, I can't wait. I'm going to get things going, and I'm going to get up on that stage with Pastor Jamie, and I'm going to join that worship team because I can sing, and I can dance, and I can play. I'm going to get up on that worship team. No, we're not. I'm I'm going to do it in January. No, we're not. Listen, my words tell people what I think. My actions tell people what I believe. And when I put some feet to my words and my actions get in there, I make a statement that serving in God's kingdom is a priority. Proverbs 15, 19, the way of the lazy is a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. You want to take those bumps out, those ups and those downs? Then be active in what God has called you in, in the now, in today. So, you know, every week I ask you a question. I ask you a lot of questions. But let me ask you one question right now. So here's the question. How do we stop putting things off until tomorrow and begin to live in the now? How do we stop putting things off until? A now moment. Come on, baby. That's how we do it, with a now moment. What is a now moment? A now moment is taking small actions that release big things. Small actions that release big things. Because here's the deal, like Pastor Ron was just talking about, we wait so many times thinking that there's gonna be a better opportunity. We wait so many times thinking next year will be a better year. We wait saying next week I won't be so tired. Uh, Next time I'll I'll sit with that person because they're not gonna tick me off like they did the last time I sat with them. I can tell you the truth, that's all, that's all. I can tell you the truth. A now moment means that you've taken the small steps, the little actions which are going to produce big fruit. 
You see, the problem is we so much want to go big, and, and we, we joke, especially if you, you, you do sports at all, go big or go home, baby. Right? Now, now here's the deal. Thinking of it in just a surface level terminology causes us to miss out. Because truth be told, some of going big looks small right now. Sometimes going big looks like no big deal right now. Sometimes going big looks like super insignificant right now. But that's the very thing that's going to cause the fruit that God wants you to have in your life, is when you'll go small for big impact. Go small so that you can see the fruit God wants you to have. Here's what Luke 16 says, verse 10. He who's faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. See, there's a gauge, there's a marker that happens at whatever level to see whether or not you're going to be faithful, to see whether or not you're going to continue to believe God for whatever that is or whatever he's called you to do. And this parable of the dishonest manager that we see in Luke chapter 16 tells us that because they're dealing with money, they're dealing with cash. And what he says is, if you've done faithfully what I've called you to do with this little bit, I can trust you with some more. Okay? Uh, today, I'll use this example I didn't intend to. Uh, you know, I often talk about my kids and my family. Uh, I will leave Kylos alone with, with all the kids with no worries today. Okay? There was a time that was not the case. <laughs> Hallelujah is right. Unless you want cops and DCF and whoever else called on you. But see, I gave him small opportunities to learn and to grow and to listen. And by the time he was a pretty young teenager, I could leave him because he heard and received. So props, son, for hearing and receiving. Props. You know why? Because not everybody wants to hear and receive. Grown folks sometimes don't want to hear and receive humbly. I is one sometimes. Okay? But hearing and receiving and doing the small thing means that I'll be faithful with this little, therefore I can be faithful with this much. I've been trusted with this little and done what God said to do, and therefore he can trust me with much. And the truth is, it's God's business how much I get. Because see, here's the problem. We get all thrown off in this prosperity theology sometimes. And it's like, oh, I did this, and that means I'm going to be rich. No. No, no. Not, not particularly. <laughs> not particularly. It's funny. I got to tell you a little story. I stood up here on the stage when we are doing seed offering. I said, man, you guys, some of you guys are going to sow a seed, and it's going to be this great harvest. But some of you get ready for the battle. Some of you are going to sow a seed, and you're going to go through a battle. Man, I sowed my seed. I had to put two of our cars in the shop. My back went out, had to go to therapy, all that. Holy Spirit was like, what you gonna do, bro? (laughs) Said it in front of the people. You're accountable to it, what are you gonna do? See, because that's the thing is we sometimes, we like a good word that preaches well, but then we get ready to live it and we're like, eh, I don't know if I wanna do anything with it. Because we don't know how to go small so that we can see big impact in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We're ready to get to the end instead of start at the beginning. And so we got to realize what that means for us. Here's the thing that Pastor Ron encouraged you last week. There's power in the process. So here it is. Listen to this. God is working in and through the process that you're a part of. God is working in and through the process that you are a part of. Not looking for what somebody else is doing, but what am I supposed to be doing right now? 
What is it that God has called me to do right now? What are the things that I am supposed to be faithful to right now? Don't worry about anybody else. You worry about you. Because then when you are able to speak and have an opportunity to bring a word, it will be out of the fact that it's the overflow of the life that you're already living. That's right. Because you've been faithful to do what the Lord said for you to do. Romans 8, 28 says it this way, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So in all the things, even when you don't see it, God is working things, those things together for your good. But we gotta stay in the process because we understand that there's purpose in the process and not just think that, yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing this because then down the road somewhere. There's a word I encourage people sometimes with, with church membership. Here's the deal. We can sit in the way that some of y'all sit in your marriages. And if that's you, don't get mad at me. Just love me. I'm easy to love. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, not really, but I'm kidding. But, but some sit in a marriage that's not quite perfect. And their thought is they're going to grit their teeth. I'm going to show how godly I am. I have to put up with you. God's giving me points right now because I get to put up with you. You're all in a friendship right now, and you're over here throwing shade at your friend because, well, you know, because I'm so holy, I'm going to show you by me staying in it. You haven't embraced joy. You haven't taken the steps to say, how can I honor you? How can I love you? How can I die to myself in order that I can be a blessing to you? You see, sometimes we, we count ourselves more highly than we ought, and the scripture tells us not to. And so sometimes you got to get yourself up off your seat, come down and say, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Or say, how can I serve you and bless you? Or I don't quite get that in your personality, but rather than me saying, oh my God, Lord, this battle I have to face with this person. How about you say, what is it in me? Turn the finger around sometimes, say, what's wrong with me? What do I need to work through? Why am I so impatient? Man, I thought I was so patient until I had kids. I was like, who is this brother? Oh, me. Because there the, the magnifying glass comes up and then it's what are you going to do with the steps that need to be taken in the now moment, the small things so that bigger things can take place because you've been faithful with them. Trust in the Lord. So here's a couple things. Three things I got for you. Number one, go small for big impact. Go small for big impact. You know, we're quick sometimes to want to do the big thing right now, okay? But realize that everything that we're called to do can be broken down into small parts. You see this on social media, right? Now, everybody has their weekly existential post that like, I'm gonna correct all of society and the church like, with this post. <laughs> if that's you don't look at me, it's fine, just smile, laugh, throw your head back, whatever. It's why I don't post a lot of times. So you're like, hey, I'm a friend of Pastor Jane. Dang, he says like nothing. He posts like two pictures a year, says three things. That's because after I get ready to type, I realize Holy Spirit's like, <laughs> it's super helpful. Because the truth is, the smaller impact is, how about if I see something that I go and disciple these six kids God gave me? How about I speak it to my wife and encourage her? Or speak it to her and her tell me if I'm crazy or not? <laughs> Come on, Miss Annie Bell, I know you're with me. How about that? Instead of thinking immediately that oh, I'm going to go big right now, you might not. I pray for some of these guys. There's one particular guy who I know in the Christian arena, he's had a lot of influence, a lot of success right now. I pray, me and my wife stood and prayed for him in the kitchen the other night, just held hands and just started praying over this young man. Uh, 
so crazy. I'm calling you, he's like 25 years old. I'm calling me a young man, but I'm getting older. So there you go. But praying over this guy that, that man, notoriety and fame and, and, and lack of focus and distractions don't come and take this guy out because the enemy would love to. You know what I'm saying? So, so sometimes we've got to realize that what is my sphere of influence? Who am I supposed to impact and to touch? You're over here saying, oh, I'm going to have this big ministry and all this stuff. Well, did you meet with your friend? Oh, mm-hmm. Did you go to your neighbor? Man, you want to feed the homeless. Did you bring some cookies to your neighbor next door? Oh, come on now. Did you give a snack bar and a bottle of water to the homeless guy that set the light over there? Or you're like, I'm waiting until God gives me that big ministry. Why? You ain't doing it now. Pastor George says it all the time. You want to drop a check for 20 grand in the offering, you haven't dropped one in for five cents yet. I mean, I'm, I'm talking real, folks. Do we take the small actions that will then release big impact? Because we've been faithful with that which is little. So go small for a big impact. Second, tend to the small things in order that the bigger things will be impactful for the glory of God. Again, not just so that you'll do them and then you'll get by and I'll get my checks of faithfulness, but that it's in all of it, it is infused with a desire for God to be glorified in everything that I'm doing. So that when I hit the next level, it's never about me. It's only about Him. It's never about me, it's about Him. One of the things I loved about the season in which I came in this house, I'll tell you something you'll think is funny. When I came in this house, I sat right back there. It wasn't back there, but it was in the other building back there, okay? Back right of the auditorium. I thought these folks were crazy. Everybody was insane. Pastor George was a little too edgy for me and all that good stuff. And I, throughout my life, had been involved in music, but I came into this church and I said, I'll probably never do any music or singing or any of that again in church. It's not necessary. They don't need me up there. I'm good. I'll sit back here, learn what I need to learn, grow, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? He did, he sure did. And I quieted myself, not because I was looking for the next opportunity. I never have. Which is why if I ever have any conversation with Pastor George about what I'm going to do or not do, it's never an, ooh, man, my next moment for me. No. Listen, one of the things, I got a lot of struggles. Ask my wife. She can listen for you if you want someday. But one of the things that I said I lay down on this altar before the Lord is I am not going to be a man of ambition and opportunity for myself and my glory. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because, you see, I realized coming as somebody who previously was prideful, I said, no, no, God resists. Why would I want to do something that God said he would resist? But then says in this other position, he'll receive grace. You see, so what we got to do is have our mindset. So I'm going to tend to all these little things knowing that in this I'm glorifying the Lord. So mom, take care of that baby to the glory of the Lord. You're not missing out while your husband goes off to work and does what he needs to do. You have an opportunity to impart. Mom who has to get up and go out to work and then come back and have this short window with your babies. Don't discount say, oh my God, I'm tired. It's just these little bit of hours if I was home. You got those hours. Impart into your babies. Love them. Pray over them. You don't know what the next generational impact is going to be because you're loving on and training and pouring into those kids. Dad, you might not feel the most expert in theology, but get your family and disciple them. Sit around the table, have a devotion. Get into the word. If you understand two scriptures, call somebody else who understands a few more and pray in the spirit. God will help you. 
but do it because you're gonna realize that that's gonna be fruit and it's gonna be the next level and the next level and the next level and you'll see more and more of what God's called you to do, becoming fruitful. Thirdly, realize that the Lord builds things so that they will continue to be fruitful. God's not a flash in the pan kind of God. He builds for the long haul. You go back to Genesis, the way things were crafted and created, do it today. Go back and read the first couple chapters of Genesis. God builds in such a way that this will continue perpetually. Even if you go into Genesis chapter 8, these will remain. Seed time and harvest will remain. It's a continual thing. Jesus coming was not just this one time, boom, salvation landed on everybody. It was given in such a way that every time somebody came back and realized their sin, that they could turn to him and receive the salvation work that he had done on the cross over and over and over. Some of y'all are gonna receive it today. Some of you online, you're gonna receive it today because it will continue because it's a work of God. Begins in a small seed, but it continues as a work of God. And now in the church and in your individual life as a believer, God's work continues today. So I'm encouraging you today, do not let small things seem too small for you to do. Your now moment is birthed out of the small things that you do faithfully to glorify the Lord and honor him and realize that he is doing a work that you can't even realize, but you'll see later on. God's glory. Here's this one for you. Every seed of your small actions done in worship to the Lord will produce a harvest of righteousness to the glory of God. It will produce. And you let God be the one who determines the growth of the seed. Let God be the one who determines the growth of the seed. I got one more story I'm going to throw in. I just, just thought about last night as I was praying over you guys. I heard a pastor call in to John Piper once concerned about the size of his church. He was talking about the things he was doing. The, the, the way he was going before the Lord and praying and discipling people and lost were being won, you know, at, at, at a certain rate. And when they were won, he was going to tr- disciple them, add them to the church, etc. He said, but, you know, I see all these guys with these big churches. And I, I'm right around here, around like 200 people. And I, am I not supposed to be a pastor? He's questioning. And I love what John Piper said. He said, you do everything the Lord called you to do and you leave the numbers up to him. Some of y'all need to do whatever God has called you to do and leave how big the picture and the success ends up, up to him. That's God's business because some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. Whatever increase is to be had, it is God's business. Whatever size your influence is to be, it's God's business. Whatever the trajectory of your life and where you end up and who you end up before, it's God's business. So I want to encourage you, do not discount small things. Take those actions of doing small things to the glory of God, to honor him, believing and realizing that he is going to produce a work that glorifies him. Because here's the deal. You're living in the now. You're living in the now can begin today. There's no necessary reason as to why you have to step away and say, well, maybe when these things are all in place, your living in the now can begin today. So be about it. Come on, give it up for my man, Pastor Jamie. Good to be with you, baby. Come on, pull it together, thank you.
Stand with me, please. I want to take just a second and as we get ready to wrap up and pray over the now moment. And in doing so, I want to basically summarize everything that we've talked about today in kind of three principles that there are, I would call, three spiritual commitments or three spiritual things that we really need to grab. Live for Christ today. Live in community immediately. Because as I said, God's putting people in your life to get you to be effective in that now moment. And then live with compassion now. Let the love of God flow out of you. You know, a lot of times, guys, the reason that we don't act in the now is because we get inhibited. What, what is it that I, I can't do as opposed, as opposed to focusing what I can do? But it's when we come to that place of realizing that I need to embrace my limitations, that God can start to use us beyond our limitations. Why? Makes it really, really clear in Ephesians 3. It says, because he is the God that does exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. And a lot of times what I'm thinking about are my limitations and my inhibitions, and he works beyond that. So bow your heads with me for just a second. As we get ready to wrap up, one of the things we focused on this morning is the importance of you living in the now. But what I wanna ask you as we finish this service today is not so much praying over you living in the now, but do you need God to do something for you right now. Pastor Ron, I'm in one of those now moments. I need God to move on my behalf right now because yes, he's called us to live and function in the now, but he is also a now God that desires to move on your behalf. He desires to move on your behalf right now. So if you're here this morning and saying, Pastor Ron, I've heard the word, I've appreciated the word, I'm moved by the word, I wanna live in a now moment, but really what's on my heart right now is I need God to do something for me. I want to do for God in the now, but I need God to do something for me in the now. Whatever it is, that's, that's your heart's cry this morning. Put your hand up right where you are and hold it there for just a second. Hold it there for just a second. Yes, 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 thank you so much, yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Let's pray together. Father, you can, you can keep your hands up. You can put both hands up. You can do whatever's good for you. Put yourself in receiving mode right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of the now. Thank you, you have called us to live in the now, to be effective in the now, to move in the now. But we also understand, Lord, that you are a God of the now. You don't dangle your gifts in front of us as if it's a carrot on the string. You want us to experience the power of your presence, the power of your purpose, the power of everything you desire to bring into our lives. You want us to experience in the now. And so Father, for these that have their hands raised, these that may need a physical touch in their body, these that may need just spiritual encouragement. Father, these that may need just a refocusing. Father, these, these that may need just a touch in their lives financially. They need something in their family. They need something in their business. They need something in their heart to gain more direction. 
that the, the, the enemy has tried to bring confusion. I speak against it right now in the name of the Lord. And I say in Jesus' name, whatever is represented across this congregation, they're crying out, I need a touch from God now. I declare you covenant God are ministering to them right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. So Father, you're bringing healing. You're bringing encouragement. You're bringing blessing. You're bringing direction. You're bringing wisdom. You're bringing understanding. Whatever is in their heart, you're bringing it to them right now. Right now. Covenant keeping God, promise keeping God, leading Lord that takes us where you want us to go, ministering to them right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. Bless you, Father. Now out of your heart, just begin to thank you for it. Come on, just thank him. Give thanksgiving. You can put your hands together. You can, it can come out of your mouth, however you want to do it. Just thank him for what he's doing for you right now. Amen. Amen. Look at Pastor Ron and say this with me. God, I receive it right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Bunches. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.